Welcome to the second season of Christ in All Things, a conversation about meaning and purpose. It's based on a verse from the Bible, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ in All Things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ. And these conversations are an invitation, because as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, digital media operates from a distance, and that is not what's best for us, with God or with one another. So, thanks for listening, and if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in the life that finds its epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Welcome to Christ in All Things. I am Pastor Lance O'Donnell. I'm Pastor Jason Schockman. And we are here to introduce Season 2 of Christ in All Things. Indeed. So, Pastor O'Donnell, what do you want to talk about? In season two of Christ in All Things. In season season one of Christ in All Things, we ended up having a lot of conversation, or the beginning of a conversation, about what's called the theology of the body. And that we are we are not just souls with a shell, but we are body and soul beings. And that just as Christ our Lord is fully God and fully man, um, and raised from the dead in the body. Right? So too will we be raised from the dead in the body. So our life in the body is incredibly important. Because we are fully body and fully soul. Amen. In the same way that Christ is fully God and fully man. And I am continuing to grow in my understanding of what that actually means. And if that's true uh, for me as a pastor now for 20 plus years, then... It would also be true for most other people who are Christians. And one of the things that we discovered in our conversations is as biblically informed as we think we are, <laughs> we have more to be informed about. And yeah. there were some things in our in our study last year of Dr. John Kleinig's book, Wonderfully Made, and and other related texts related to the theology of the body that that mean we really need to continue this conversation yeah. about what it means to be body and soul beings in redeemed by redeemed by Christ. There are all kinds of implications of this. And one of the, one of the big things for me, we, and we touched on this a little bit in season one, in particular with our discussion, your discussion with your friend, you mean your interview, my, my interview, of... <laughs> my interview of you and your friend, Mark Treadray. Yeah. French friendship is an enormously important deal for our life in the body. Yeah, and uh, something that a lot of people struggle with. Modern people struggle Today. with friendship. And yeah. I think particularly younger people. And in part because we've been, as a culture, so conditioned to not see body and soul individuals made in the image of God. It's also complicated, but, and again, this is an, it's an amorphous conversation at yeah. the moment because we're we're going to look at this more deeply this year one way or another whether it, that it, ends up as a theme thing for the church right, and school or not right. it's, and well, I think whether we do it 
in whether we're intentionally doing it or whether it simply comes up in our conversations more often uh, because we spent the last year looking at this as we move forward we're constantly uh, going oh oh wait there's an avenue where this thing applies where mm-hmm. I hadn't thought of it before uh, n- none the least of which for me was what goes on in a worship service because we are body and soul uh, receiving the gifts that God freely gives us in Christ. Uh, There are so many applications for that. Uh, And and right along with it comes that question about Christian or friendship in general. And what does that then friendship in Christ look like and how is that different what what does it mean and i'm i am it's a good lutheran question i am right? eager what does this to mean? explore this question what does it mean that in numerous places we are called friends of god yeah because i will tell you there was a time in my life when someone asked me point blank are we friends of god and the scriptures are unequivocal, yes, from God's perspective. Yeah. But I don't know from our perspective. And, 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 and I'm say, still why, fighting with this, why, right? Why not? Well, because God calls us friends. But in our flesh, do we call him one? But we're redeemed, Pastor Shot. I know. This <laughs> is the choice. Cho- so for me, this has been one of those aha moments along the way, mm-hmm. right, that Yes, Moses was a friend of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe maybe my uh, uh, volatile questioning of that idea is from some of the uh, songs that I used to hear in church. You know, sure. one of them that repeatedly said, I am a friend of God, um, as if that was something to boast about because we made it happen. Um, when in reality, no, no, it's, God who calls us friend, and it's got nothing to do with what we bring to the table. On the on the other on the other hand, and we're and we're being, I guess, equivocal here, but this this is so you're hearing even in the two of us talk, as as we talk about biblical friendship. Yeah. What what does it mean that Jesus says? I call you friends, right? And that, that we're, that we are his friends and how does it work as his redeemed people? Cause we, you know, it, we are, we are, we are heirs of eternal life. Yeah. And God's vice regents on earth. Yeah. It, we have this status. You're chomping at the bit at something. Oh man. Yeah, everything you're saying points back even harder to it. This is Jonathan and David, yep. where David prefigures Christ. Yes. And Jonathan r- recognizes David is the one who has the kingdom. David is the one who sits on the throne. Yeah, I'm the son yeah, of the, of king, the king, right? But it's, it's coming to David. He's the inheritor of it. A- and, and without without trying to uh, selfishly or, uh, you know, 
manipulatively wiggle his way back into some kind of line of inheritance, Jonathan just calls David a friend. In fact, the Old Testament would speak like their souls were knit together. Right? They were uh, as close as brothers or closer. Uh, Proverbs would speak this way, right? Uh, it, it doesn't say in First Samuel, right? The soul, or First Samuel, right? That the soul of Jonathan was knit, yeah. to the soul of David, yeah. And so, J- Jonathan, because of who David is, sees in David. I want to say, all that was possible for a a friend and one who could even stand in your place. Mm-hmm. And, and by God working through his spirit, isn't this what we see in Jesus for us? Indeed. Indeed. There, there is, there's, there's so many there's applications so, There's so much to talk about in, in related to also holiness, which yeah. you and I talked about pre-show, of what, what does it mean that God is holy and that he is making us holy and that, that we are, that we are holy people. It, 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 it strikes me and I, I'm interested to explore this more biblically. I would love you to ask our youth group about that because we just finished a year long Bible study walking through Leviticus. So I'm curious, ask your son, right? When you get home later, uh, what's Leviticus all about? And he'll tell you it's about hopefully, hopefully, right? <laughs> Brendan, if you're listening to this, get this answer right, buddy. Uh, and he'll tell you it's about God's holiness being given to his people. Mm-hmm. And here's all these ways and means in which God prescribes and lays out for the people, his Old Testament people. Which, which leads this, to another thing we want to talk about this, this year. This is how you stay in contact with my holiness. This is how. With the gifts that I give you. Yes. Yeah. Which, which, lead, which leads us. We, in season one, we did some basic teaching about worship. And the structure of the worship service. Structure of the worship yeah. service. And we are absolutely going to want to explore that further in, se- in season two. Yeah about what is going on in worship and in our encounter with God and God delivering his gifts to us and participating in the life of God and his holiness to us and in his, and in his holiness, what is it? It, The, it, it, it ripples in many, many, many different ways. Oh man. And none, the least of which is, uh, so, What's the place for children in a worship service? Which we we will do well, at least one, <laughs> probably probably several. Right, talking just about that, right? Because he again, this is Christ bringing to us His holiness. That's that is huge about who should be there and who needs to be there, as we are each one body and soul redeemed by Christ the crucified made one in that him children conversations oh, I'm looking forward to that are fascinating because on you ha- you have 
two different two, yeah. two different things. I mean, so for on the on the one hand, children are in development. Yep. And you hear this in the writings in the New Testament anyway of St. Paul, right? That that we need to grow we need to grow past childhood into mature adulthood, into into the head yeah. who who is Christ. Yeah. And on the, on the other hand, you also have Jesus who exalts the faith of the littlest children, even infants. Yeah, newborns. Newborns. Right. And on top of that, you have Peter, right, who tells us to long as newborn babes right. for the pure spiritual milk that we may grow up into Christ. So, I mean, this, this, there's a lot that goes into this conversation about children in worship and... Uh, which is also going to mean a conversation about parenting in the pew. Yeah, which is probably going to lead to a conversation or more, more than one about uh, sharing a life together of learning mm-hmm. from Christ, which often we call catechesis, mm-hmm. uh, which is maybe slightly different than education. And if that's a if that's a word with which you're not familiar, as you tune in over the course of year to Christ in all things, we'll probably teach you in season two a little bit more about because that's an it's an old church word. It is that refers to a method of teaching that doesn't just impart information, but invites the learner, the disciple, to take that in uh, into him or herself and make it a part of their being that is also shared with others to engage it. It's it's of the essence. Catechesis is more of the essence of God, because catech God is right. God is love, and He gives. He can't not give. Right. And Christ, that is learned. If you're catechized, you and you understand who you are, you can't not be share that. it, yeah. be it, um, yeah. extend it. Uh, which, which is probably going to bring us to, at some point along the way this year, a conversation about evangelism. Oh, yay. Yeah, uh, which is fun for me uh, to get a chance to do some teaching, uh, probably here at St. Paul's in our life together, but maybe we'll hear some of it in the podcast as well uh, about within your vocation, wherever God has placed you, you have a little pulpit. As it were. At, you know? Yeah. Metaphorically yeah. speaking. Yeah. Well, St. Saint, Saint Peter tells us, amongst many other places, be prepared to give an Reason. answer for the hope yeah. that yeah. is within you. Yeah. And, and, my guess is we all who are baptized into Christ have hope. Indeed we do. <laughs> and and yet the verse continues to do so with gentleness and respect. Yeah. And there, yeah. There's all, all that, all yeah. that that goes with us. Yeah. So when, when we encounter social issues, right, that are, that are quite different from what they were or what we think they were in biblical times, although... Uh, I would lobby that the culture we live in today is a whole lot closer to the culture that Paul lived in. Yeah. On, the, on the one hand, than it is to what it was 50 years ago. To quote Solomon, ago. there's nothing new under the sun. Amen. On, on, the, on the other hand, 
I think we do face some issues. It, it seems to me, and, and again, we're in just conversation here, and yeah. we're, we're thinking out loud. It seems to me that some of the issues we face are are new. Uh, that, or if the ideas aren't new, the the possibilities like that in entire sections of who we are and what we do can be taken over by machines. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the possibility of, of, and not only possibility, the present happening and planning for of, of man being merged with a machine of implants in your head. Right. I mean, for as much yeah. as, you know, we extol, you know, Elon Musk for this and that and the other in the other thing, part of his one of his companies is Neuralink. And that's just one of probably thousands that are working on, you know, and and as I say this, both myself and my pastor colleague across the table here uh, wear an Apple watch. <laughs> right. And that's just one of the many pieces of technology that keep my body functioning. But you didn't have it not that long ago <laughs> right. with your diabetes. Not yeah. long ago, you had a very analog solution to that. I did, and it uh, stunk. Right? Literally it, and figuratively. It, in many ways. A uh, dog. Yeah, my dog, right? Um, it, which worked sometimes, right? So it, That is amazing. It is. By the way, that, that you, you, you could train a dog to recognize when your blood sugar was out of whack. Yeah. And he would make sure that you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> often uh, but sometimes. Now, now you have outsourced that to a piece of a, a medical equipment yes i have uh so N ned was sent trained to uh know what my body chemistry smelled like when my sugar was crashing yeah and would alert on scent uh, much like a hunting dog would alert by pointing or or a police dog trained to sniff drugs or bombs would alert by simply sitting down and barking. So, so for our listeners, you know, and again, this is an advance of the conversation in season two. Oh yeah. As you know, when we get into season, when we get into talking about some of the social issues and the man machine merger thing is just one of a whole complex of things. We're not talking about that from a position of a couple people, you know, living in a hut in a month, you know, I mean that we're not, what, what's the, we're not, Luddites, as it were. No. We're, we're, we're people who recognize <laughs> the, the benefits of technology, but we're going to want us to th think biblically yeah. about yeah. this and to help ourselves and to help the people around us and, and our listeners think about these things before we march headlong into this or that. Yeah, I think the other thing. I think um, on the whole, right? I want all the time, I want to challenge people to think. Um, I, I want to not simply give them the stock answer that they think they're going to get. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in a lot of ways, it's kind, it's kind of how I approach being a pastor. Is I, I'm not the same kind of pastor that every other pastor you've ever had is. Um, maybe that's on purpose. Yeah. Right? Uh, now, at the same time, I want to deliver the same news and the same message and the same gospel that every other uh, faithful 
pastor in the church throughout time has delivered. I don't want to invent anything new. Uh, as one of my seminary profs said, uh, I love it when first or second year seminarians come to me and tell me this new thing that they found in theology, and then I promptly tell them where they've committed heresy. <laughs> love it. This is one of the huge advantages of a good thoroughgoing seminary education because you have some church history. Indeed, indeed. And and very well scholared brothers along the way to uh, straighten you out when you go astray. Um what, what did we miss? Like, what, what other things are we thinking are on the docket? Well, we talked about life and vocation. Two. I don't think we specifically mentioned. I know you and I have talked to oh, yes. about Christian entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. And we've actually already engaged with some folks who are willing to have that conversation. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. Talking about why they started the business or did they take over a family business? Uh, and and how was their faith a part of the groundwork or the continued management or the day-to-day functioning of that vocation in service to others? I, I am super eager for those conversations because I know we're going to learn some things. I'm still struck by our very first episode in the interview with Don and Karen Meyer. Yeah. I, I, am, I am still floored by, because, you know, Don and Karen have this successful business and they're incredibly generous and gracious people and members of our marriage ministry team. And I'm still floored by he didn't take a salary for five years while his wife is busting her tail. Yeah. Getting, you know, keeping things in order, making some money while they're getting stuff off the ground. And that his parents who were, if I remember rightly, farmers gave a significant portion of their own personal holdings, whatever that was, and a piece of their land, right? Yeah, and co-sign the loan and co-sign the and the lab. So what you know on the land when whenever, and now it's a multinational corporation. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. I so I have a I have a a personal fondness uh, and interest in people that hang out their own shingle. Yeah, you know, you and I have we make our living from the gospel and we're dependent on the giving of other people. Right. We're not, as it were, creating a product or service. Uh, uh no, as, <laughs> as I couldn't, as, as I couldn't such. create anything better than what Jesus gave us already. <laughs> right. So no, I mean, I mean, there's, there are some, there are some unique things about being a pastor. Absolutely. And you know, you and I in particular navigating the pandemic placed in stark relief, some of the, really unique circumstances that we have um, that are, you know, different, but I'm eager to have these entrepreneurship conversations Yeah, because there's always a story. Um, There's all, there's always a story and sometimes they're really surprising and sometimes tragic and sometimes utterly joyful story. And, and in the process as we've discovered with everybody we've interviewed is Christ is at work in all things. <laughs> and and if you take the time to listen, which here at Christ in all things, that's what we do. We're looking forward to this season. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to having all kinds of different conversations, uh, not just about our bodies, not just about uh, life in the body, not just about sharing the good news of what that life is about, but also talking with 
people who are a part of the body of Christ and their vocation, their calling in this world of service to their neighbors outside of the church, uh, whether that's lab testing or a, or a greenhouse growing, right? Or a storefront here in downtown Oconomowoc. Whatever it, whatever it might be, there'll be all kinds of different conversations. Yeah. So thanks for joining us for the beginning here of season two of Christ in all things. And we will see you God willing in a couple of weeks. For show notes and other information about Christ in all things, visit ChristInAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments at ChristInAllThings.org. We're thankful to provide Christ in all things to you as a gift. But it's not free to produce and distribute. So, if you'd like to help make the show self-supporting and have a little fun in the process, please click the support page at ChristInAllThings.org. A donation of any kind gets you a dozen environmentally friendly Christ in All Things straws to share with your friends. Pastor Shockman loves these. I do not. That's so not true. And I still can't believe you bought those. A donation of $200 or more gets you some cheerful on-air clapping. And a pair of Wisconsin-made wigwam hiking socks. A donation of $1,000 or more gets you thunderous on-air clapping. And a handmade Christ in All Things leather folio by the Murdy Creative Company. If you want to donate more than that, well, fly us wherever you want and we'll record Christ in All Things at your chosen location. Within reason, of course. All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support. Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org. Email us at info at splco.org or call us the old-fashioned way, 262-567-5001. Intro and outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl. Copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House. Used with permission.